Hello everybody and welcome to Sandals Church. My name is Jeff and I'm so happy you're here with us today. You know, I grew up in a little church, a little small church, and we would sing this song at the beginning of every service. We sang, this is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. We would sing that song for about 20 minutes straight, no lie. I mean, we wore that song out. But what we sang was true, is true. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we are so glad that you are here, and we hope that you will rejoice with us. We are one church with many campuses, lots of locations, and viewers like you all over the world. That is still so amazing to me, and we would love to know where you're watching from today. If you're watching with Chat Enabled, tell us where you're coming from. Tell us where you're watching from, and type in your state initials or maybe your country code. Give us a shout out of where you are. And if you're new, welcome. We are all about this vision of being real with ourselves, God, and others, and we want that for you too. If you're new, let us know by going to sandalschurch.com slash next. Hey everybody, you heard me sing, now it's your turn. I don't wanna be the only one singing up in here. <laughs> I would love for you to join with me and the thousands of others around the world as we enter into a time of singing and allowing the Spirit of God to surround us. Let's sing.
the Spirit of the Lord is here. What a wonderful time of singing together. Sandals Church is made up of single people, young adults, married folk, older and wiser men and women of God, as well as youth. But we also have a lot of you with kids in your home. These next generation little people are a big deal here at Sandals Church, and we created a full service just for them. And if you do have kids who will be checking out that service this weekend, this 28th and the 29th of November is a big deal because Sandals Church Kids is talking all about the gospel and giving kids an opportunity to make a decision to follow Jesus. This would be a great opportunity to watch the service with them and then have some real conversations with your kids. It's also available on demand all week long. And our team has created an incredible parent guide so that you are equipped and ready to lead them through this important life-changing conversation. You can find all that and more at kids.sandalschurch.tv. We're praying for our kids and we're praying for you parents. And we can't wait to see what God's going to do. Now, I know most of you this past week ate a whole lot. You know who you are. But it was so good, right? I ain't mad at you. And just like this past Thanksgiving, this series called Election that we've been in has been so good. But while your overeating might have left you feel just a little bit guilty, these messages won't. Instead, they'll have you feeling equipped to navigate these difficult times. Now, with our final installment of this election series, here's Pastor Matt. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Man, it's good to have you guys back today. This is the last sermon in this series. Thank God it is over. Amen. Well, guess what? The chaos is not over. And you're like, when is it ever going to be over? I don't know. That's why I want to talk to you today about how to find spiritual strength during political chaos. And here's one of the things you know, so many of our young people are depressed, that's because they haven't ever been taught history, and they don't realize that this is human history, it is chaos, it is always chaos, there's always something going wrong, there's always something off, and really what we're experiencing in 2020 is just reality, and I know many of you are struggling with what's going on and when it's going to end, and I just want you to know today, look, I'm going to make no predictions about when this is over, but I do have a prediction for you from God that God wants you to grow spiritually during this time of political chaos. And so we've been studying the life of Joshua for 10 weeks now. Think about it. 10 weeks we've been looking at Joshua. And I just got to tell you, man, I feel bad for Joshua because, man, he, he, he tries to get it right. He's a good leader, but he, he's it's literally up, it's down. Uh, there's peace, there's war. He wins, he loses. He's faithful to God. He forgets God, right? He defeats Jericho. He loses to the town called Trash Dump. His life is just literally like yours and mine. I mean, literally every single day is so chaotic and stressful for him. And so last week we talked about how not to be fooled by a politician because when we enter into politics, man, it is so hard to really tell what a person thinks. And that's one of the things that I love about Donald Trump. People say that Donald Trump 
is a liar. I just think his facts are a little messy, but he tells you whatever is on his mind. There is no filter. If there ever was, it is gone, which just so you know, young people, I think that happens as you get older. You just don't care. And you just say it. You just say what you want to say. But here's the reality, man, is life is chaotic, things are chaotic, and it looked like Trump won, then it was Biden won, and then now they're like, there was this, there was that, and then we're all over the place. And so many of us just want it to be over. But what if God is bringing all of this stress into your life to bring out something that he's placed in there that can only happen, that can only happen with the fires of life? I know a lot of you don't live in California, but California is one of the most beautiful places. And, and it may not be for long, but it's beautiful right now. And there are incredible things to see. And we have this tree called the, the giant sequoia. And the giant sequoia, the only way one of those trees grows is when we have forest fires that we work so hard to stop. But a forest fire is the only thing that can open the seed that the sequoia plants. It takes literally the fires of hell to bring forth the most beautiful and largest tree. And I want you to know that that might be you this year. Maybe you're in literally the fires of hell in your marriage, your finances. You're trying to do homeschool. You got all these things going on. And I just want you to know that maybe God is making you and allowing you to feel a little hell so that giant tree that he's planted in your soul can come forth. And so last weekend we talked about the Gibeons, man. They lied. They lied to Joshua, right? We came from far away. We got, we, got, we got poor clothes. We got poor food. Man, we've traveled all this way. We've heard all these wonders about you. And they lied, 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 lied. And Joshua believed them. And Joshua made a peace treaty with the Gibeonites. And here's the thing that we find out about the Gibeonites is they're not some kind of wussy clan. I mean, they are strong, they are powerful, and they actually have warriors, and this deeply concerns the other kingdoms that are surrounding them because they're saying, man, if the Gibeons, if the Gibeonites are surrendering, what are we gonna do? And so then in Joshua chapter 10, verse three, we have this king. Now, if you're a Christian, this guy's name is gonna just pique your interest because it sounds a lot like the king that we worship. In Joshua chapter 10, verses three through five, it says, so King Adonai Zedek, so if you're a Christian, you know that one of the names for the Lord is Adonai, and it literally means the Lord. So what does Zedek mean? It means righteousness. So here we have a self-righteous guy named Adonai Zedek, and he's not Jesus. Isn't that a lot like politics? We got a bunch of unrighteous people telling us how righteous they are. And so Adonai Zedek, right, the, the, the Lord of righteousness, he's gonna fight the true Lord of righteousness. And so what he does, he's King Adonai Zedek of Jerusalem. He sent messengers to all the other kings, all the other kings. So here's poor Joshua. We defeated Jericho, yay! We lost to Ai, ooh! You know, we repent of our sins, we kill Achan, whoops, you know, burn his whole family, that was rough. Then we win against, against, we win again against Ai. Then we face the Gibeonites who lie to us and we get that wrong because we don't consult God. We make a peace treaty with them. And immediately after making a peace treaty, all these other cities, get this, attack the Gibeonites. They attack them. So King Adonai Zedek of Jerusalem sent messengers of several other kings. Hoham of Hebron, Piram of Jeremoth, Jephiah of Lachish, and Deber of Eglon. Look, they, they're calling these names. These are like all-star kings. This is trouble. This is a mess. And he says, come help me destroy Gibeon, he urged them. For they have made peace with Joshua and the people of Israel. And let me just say this to you. Some of you, man, this is the first year you've come back to God. You're like, man, my life was great until I came back to God. And then everything fell apart. Listen to me. The second you declare peace with God, you will be attacked by people. The Gibeonites declare peace with God. 
They make peace with God and instantaneously, what happens? Do all their family members and friends in other cities and towns, oh yay, we've been praying for you your whole life. Nope, they attack them. They attack them. Who do you think you are? You can't change. You can't do this. We're gonna kill you and keep you where you were. So these five Amorite kings combined their armies for a united attack. Anybody feel like that's happened to you in 2020? There's a united attack against you spiritually, emotionally, financially, physically. We've got all these attacks coming at us. And they move their troops into a place to attack Gibeon. So are you being attacked? Are you under attack? And some of us, man, yeah, well, you don't understand, Pastor, what I'm being attacked by. As I read that text, man, I, I, I literally, oh my gosh, Adonai Zedek is attacking us? The Lord of righteousness? Oh, oh, and by the way, they got ho-hum. No, 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 it's not ho-hum, it's ho-ham. And he's gonna bring it. He's gonna knock you out. These guys are serious hitters, serious players. And they're scared to death. This last week, I got a, an opportunity to baptize my friend, Bill, who I got to lead to the Lord a couple weeks ago. Every time I see Bill move his life towards the Lord, he's attacked by something. Matter of fact, he told me on the way to the baptism, he was pulled over by a police officer because his tags were expired. Bill has a big old gang tattoo on his neck. And so instantly, the police officer is skeptical of who he is. And Bill just said, look, man, I'm on my way to be baptized. I'm, I, today, I'm gonna change my life. And I was so glad that he made it. I was so glad that he was able to be baptized. Let me tell you something. If you're trying to get your life right with God, don't give up because people are attacking you, because people are trying to dissuade you, because people are coming against you. This isn't about them. This is about your soul forever. Don't expect everybody to celebrate when you surrender to Jesus. So how do I find spiritual strength during political chaos? What I want you to do is, I want you to use your mind to think about God. A lot of you say, well, I can't control my mind. Oh yes, you can, and I can prove it to you. Most of you use your mind to think about what went wrong. You're focused in the past. You are stuck in the past. And you don't believe that God can do anything today. You don't believe that God can do anything tomorrow because your mind is fixed on the past. All your hurts, all your wounds, everything that went wrong, and you are stuck in the past. Some of you, you've set your mind on the president. What's happening today? Oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe the news. I can't believe what's going on. Never listen to the news. The news always is telling you, Adonai Zedek is coming for you and he's got five friends. That's the news. There's never anything good on the news. You know why? Because if there was good news, none of us would watch the news. Can you imagine tonight at 11, sleep tight, nothing's going on. Some of you have fixed your mind on the future. You're afraid, what does this mean? What is this, what's gonna happen? What's gonna happen to America? What's gonna happen to my job? What's gonna happen to our culture? What's gonna happen to our world? And you have set your mind in the future. Here's what the book of Isaiah says. The prophet Isaiah is speaking to you. If you are set in the past, if you are set in the present and you are set in the future and you are not set on God, listen to what God's word says. God will keep in perfect peace all those who trust in you and all those whose thoughts, listen to this word, are fixed on you. I don't know about you, but I don't get anxious when I'm fixed on God. But my life unravels when I'm fixed on myself, when I'm worried about my family, when I'm worried about my marriage, when I'm worried about my finances. When I am fixed on anything but God, I fall apart. But it's amazing how when I fix my attention on God, he brings everything back together. Look, we live in a world that's constantly changing. Here's the reason you need to fix your attention on God. 1 Corinthians 14, says this. 
For God is not a God of confusion. Unlike our election cycle, amen. <laughs> Unlike our voting process, amen. For God is not a God of confusion, but he's a God of peace. God doesn't want to confuse you. You know why you're already confused? You've already excelled at that. Let me tell you why you need to set your mind on God. Everything is changing. Our world is changing. Our culture is changing. Our lives are changing and we don't like any of it. Malachi 3, 6, I, the Lord, your God, do not change. He is the ever-present constant. He is the unmoved mover. He is the beginning of all things and you can count on him. He's the same today. He's the same yesterday and he will be the same tomorrow. That's why you gotta fix your mind on God. One of the things I hate about this world is everything's changing. I used to laugh at my parents when they couldn't change our VCR in the flashing 12. <laughs> and now my kids, man, we got an Apple remote control. I literally, I was studying this literally like I'd been living in a jungle for a thousand years and I don't even know how to turn it on. My kids are laughing. I'm like, where's the button? And my son's like, dad, there's no button. It's hidden. You just click, listen to this, the empty space. Okay, when I was a kid, the buttons were blue, red, and yellow. They were obvious. Now they're magical. Oh my gosh, let's all pray that Apple computers get saved. I, the Lord your God, does not change. Anybody get anxiety every time there's an update? Oh, I'm not gonna know what to do. I can't fast forward, I can't pause, I can't rewind. I have to ask my kids how to turn the dumb TV on. Sometimes I go to bed and I just give up, I leave it on because I can't figure it out. Isn't it nice to know that God's not changing? Aren't you glad there's not an upgrade in heaven? You know why? Because God is good, no upgrade needed. He's perfect. He always has been and he always will be. Everything's changing. Math is changing. I thought one plus one equals two worked. No, new math. God's the same today and forever. So what do we do? What do we do as Christians when we're losing our minds? We're confused because we're on the internet, right? Trying to figure out what's true, what's not true. One person who's an expert stands up and says this. Another person who's an expert completely contradicts them. What do we do? Psalms 121, one through two says this. I lift my eyes up to the mountains. And here's the question the psalmist asks. Where does my help come from? not from the mountains because even those are not permanent. He says, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. One of the things that you need to know about the Israelites is they constantly worshiped, listen to this, on the high places. They worshiped pagan gods and pagan deities on the high places and the psalmist is saying, I'm not gonna worship what everybody else worships. I'm not gonna worship America. I'm not gonna worship change. I'm not gonna worship a party. I'm not gonna worship a process. My help doesn't come from that. It comes from God, the maker of heaven and earth. And why should that settle you? Because he did a pretty good job. He did a pretty good job. I was reading an article this week because when I went to school, almost every mathematician and physicist was an atheist. Did you know that they're changing? And here's why, as they look at the evidence, as they look at the human geome, genome, they see programming, they see script, they see intent, they see a divine mind. 
and they see that everything is doing something that it's been told to do. I was listening to a scientist who studies the stars. He's an atheist and he said, the reason I'm beginning to question my atheism is he said, I can't come up with an answer for Jupiter. And I thought, Jupiter? How many of you have ever thought about Jupiter? Not me. <laughs> he said, there, there, it makes no absolute sense for Jupiter to be where it is. Do you know what Jupiter is? This is what he said. He said, Jupiter is a large planet, far larger than the earth, which, with a far larger magnetic pull. You know what that means? As asteroids come into our universe, Jupiter blocks for us. It blocks for us. Jupiter is there, not for no reason. It's there so you can live. Isn't that amazing? God's blocking for you, whether you know him or not. Where, where, where do I look to? The God who put Jupiter there to protect me. That's why. And scientists are scratching their heads and going, maybe they're wrong. Isn't that sad that atheist scientists have more faith than you do? How do I find spiritual strength during political chaos? This is huge. I cannot emphasize this enough. So many of you are so passionately in supportive of Donald Trump or you're so passionately supportive of Joe Biden or you're passionately a Republican or a Libertarian or a Democrat or something else. You wanna find spiritual strength in political chaos? Follow a spiritual leader who hears from God. Follow a spiritual leader who hears from God. I don't care what the uniform says. I don't care if they wear a uniform of a priest. I wanna follow somebody that hears from God. There's all this going on. We got Adonai Zedek, we got Hoham, and everybody else attacking us, and they're all coming at us. What do we do? And here's what you need to know. We all need spiritual direction. We all need it. And young people, listen to me. You better get it now, because one day everybody's gonna be looking at you. Everybody's gonna be looking at you. I went to this meeting in May, and all pastors from Southern California Black pastors, Hispanic pastors, Asian pastors, male pastors, female pastors, all kinds of different denominations. And I was a little late for the meeting. I know it's hard for you to believe that. But I was a little late for the meeting. And when I walked in, I was surprised that they hadn't started the meeting. You know why they didn't start the meeting? Because they were waiting for me to lead it. And I walked in and they gave me a mic. And I looked at pastors, listen to me, pastors that I used to watch on TV. I used to watch them on TV and now they're sitting in an audience looking at me, what do we do? I'm like, why are you asking me? Listen to me, one day you're gonna have a family man that looks to you. One day moms, you're gonna have a kid that looks to you. One day you're gonna become the expert so you better learn from somebody before somebody's dependent upon you. Dad, what do we do? Mom, how do we act? How do we behave? And all of a sudden I'm in this meeting and everybody took a vote and said, you're gonna talk to the press. Well, what? Yeah, you. Are you gonna be ready for that day? Let me tell you how I got ready for that day. I had a spiritual leader, his name was Phil, and I met with him every single week. Two hours every week we met. Phil's in heaven now, praying for me. But he's not here to give me the advice that I need, so I had to learn it then. Find a leader who hears from God. Some of you guys have no idea. The sermon that you're listening to is like the fourth sermon I wrote. You wanna know why? The first three were terrible, terrible. Do you know how, how, how literally just anxiety ridden that is for me? Nope, nope, that's terrible, that's crap, that's awful. 
And you know why? You don't need to hear from me. We, you, me, all need to hear from God. Sometimes I'm preaching to you and I hear God's voice and I go, whoa, whoa. See, God knows I'm so dumb. Sometimes I have to hear it out of my own mouth. You gotta find a leader that, that literally hears from God. Hears from God that directs you, leads you, is praying. Look, these issues are serious. These times are chaotic. And we don't need leaders who are doing what we've always done. We need leaders that are saying, God, what do we do? So Joshua chapter 10, verse six through eight. We got five kings attacking the Gibeonites. Joshua didn't even wanna make peace with them. They lied to him, but you know what? He's a man of his word. And so should you and I be. He gave him his word and he said, I'll protect him. And oh, by the way, years later, a king by the name of Saul will violate this covenant and attack the Gibeonites and the Lord will hold him accountable. You see, some of you, you just shoot your mouth off. You just say things. You need to be a man or a woman of your word. Your word is your bond. Joshua 10, chapter six through eight. Then the many of Gibeon sent word to Joshua to the camp of Gilgal saying, do not abandon your servants. Oh, you're my servants now. Last week you were my liars. Come to us quickly and save us and help us. For all the kings of the Amorites that live in the hill country have assembled against us. So Joshua went up from Gilgal, listen to this. And he and all the people of war. Isn't it interesting? There's no election controversy in Israel. There isn't a divided country of Israel. All the people of war went with him and all the valiant warriors. Why? Listen to this. And the Lord said to Joshua, because Joshua hears from God. You see, they weren't, I'm a Democrat. They weren't, I'm a Republican. They said, I'm with Joshua because he hears from God and I'm following him. I'm not following a party. I'm not following a platform. I'm following this leader and he hears from them and we trust them. One of the reasons America is so divided is because America doesn't have a Billy Graham anymore. We lost our prophet. He's gone. Who challenged both Democrat and Republican presidents. John F. Kennedy was Catholic. He still listened to Billy Graham. Do you know that the current Queen of England, she's Episcopalian. She's the Church of England. In America, it's Episcopalian. In England, they call it the Church of England. She's not evangelical. Do you know she met with Billy Graham? The world had a leader. The world had a Joshua. And he's been gone for far too long. Who's your Joshua? Who's the person you listen to? I see so many Christians follow idiots. What are you doing? Well, they said they speak for God. Well, let me give you a Bible verse. Jeremiah 23, 16. Jeremiah was the prophet God chose, but there were all these other moronic prophets. Jeremiah 23, 16 says this. Do not listen to these prophets when they prophesy for you. Don't listen to them. They are filling you with futile hopes. They are making up everything they say. And some of you, you're watching me online and you go to a church where a pastor is making up everything he says because he or she is telling you what you want to hear, not what God wants you to hear. God help you if your pastor hasn't said something that's offensive to you. If you haven't been offended lately, you're in the wrong church. God is offended by what we do. 
He says they're making up everything they say. Listen to this. They, prophets, do not speak for the Lord. It doesn't matter what the Methodists do. It doesn't matter what the Lutherans do. It doesn't matter what the Baptists do. It matters what God wants us to do. And he gave us his word and it doesn't change. His word is just like his personality. The same today, the same tomorrow, and the same forever. Find a leader that hears from God and follow them and be loyal to them. Choose a church and stick with it. You know why I've been at Sandals so long? Not because it's always been awesome. Some of you are hard. Not you, but you know, your friends. <laughs> Do you know why I've been here all these years? Because God called me to one wife and one church. One's my bride and the other's his. And I'm loyal to both. I'm loyal to both. And there's all these leaders, God said this. Oh, well, God said go here. And then God said, and God's constantly changing his mind. He's not the one who changes his mind. You got leaders flapping their lips instead of actually telling you what you want. We need a Joshua. We need a Joshua who hears from God. Now, was Joshua perfect? No. We know that. It says it in the text. Sometimes he forgets to consult with God. But let's be honest. He gets it a lot. He gets it right more often than you do and I do. He's a man after God's heart. It's why he got the name Jesus. To point us in the direction that we should go. So how do I find spiritual strength during political chaos? I've got to accept this. And, and some of you, you're not going to like this, but it doesn't matter. This is, just, this is just the way of God. And the reason so many of you haven't grown in the way of God is you don't like the ways of God. Number three, you have to accept. Just accept it. Don't pray about it. Just accept it. The discomfort and suffering are the path to spiritual growth. They just are. Philippians 1.29, I bet nobody has this tattooed on their arm. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, listen to this, but also to suffer for him. You wanna wreck your kids? Keep them from any suffering. You wanna bless your kids? Let them sit in a little suffering. Now, not all suffering is godly. Some is just evil and awful. There is some suffering that should be avoided, but not all suffering. And some of you, man, 2020 has finally brought you to the place where you actually need God. And that is good. That is good. Christianity is not always easy. Let me just ask you this. We're going to be in heaven forever. What are you going to talk about? What stories are you going to tell? The apostle Paul is going to tell the story when he was beheaded. And you're going to be like, well, you know what? One time I watched church online for eight months. That's your story? That's the, that's the pinnacle of your suffering for Jesus. One time I, I went to another campus where I watched on video. The apostle Paul's gonna think, wow, you watched a head on a screen. I lost my head. <laughs> Joshua 10, 9, 11. You wanna spiritually grow, you gotta learn to suffer for Jesus. Listen to these words. So Joshua came upon them suddenly. How did he do this? by marching all night from Gilgal. 
Some of you won't fight for God because you won't march anywhere for God. Gilgal to Gibeon, it's 20 miles. Some of you are like, well, it's not far. That's because you weren't in the army. I was in the army. I know how long a march is. I know how long a march is. I marched 15 miles. I marched 20 miles. It's never fun. It's never easy. They didn't just march. I never did this. I never marched to fight. They marched all night long under the cover of darkness. Okay, it's not like nowadays where you, you know, I always watch these people out for a jog. You get a little fanny pack. Isn't it amazing how things change? When I was a kid, if you had a fanny pack, you were one of two things, a dork or a dad, amen? <laughs> nowadays, you're a thought leader. I'm a thought leader. I got a fanny pack. <laughs> and why do they call it a fanny pack if you wear it on your belly? Why isn't it a belly pack? It's crazy. So they marched all night, no fanny packs. Okay, they don't have bottled water. They don't know where they're getting water. They don't know if they're gonna eat. They're carrying all of their weapons. It's not plastic, it's steel. They're running in armor. They're chafing. You ever been in a marathon? You're chafing, man. If you run a marathon, you're lubing everywhere, right? These guys are chafing all over the place. They're running in leather, metal, no fanny pack, no water bottle, no aid station. You know, I don't think I could have been a believer. I don't know if you're a believer now. We know when we opened our first campus, our first campus, our Hunter Park campus, we moved from California Baptist University to Hunter Park campus. You know, we had a thousand people, a thousand people leave our church in a week. And you know what they said? It's too far. Joshua and the army of God marched 20 miles. We got people that can't do this. Uh, uh, that, I'm driving, that's a gas pedal. You are, if you weren't clear. Will you get a calf cramp driving 20 miles? Dude, my wife, we had date night this week. We drove 30 miles to return something. We got there and the store was closed. Isn't it amazing what we'll do when we wanna do it? We drove literally for half an hour and the store wasn't even open. And some of you ask me, Pastor, when's the church gonna be open? We've been open, where have you been? Oh, oh. Joshua came upon them suddenly by marching all night from Gilgal. And listen to this, the Lord confounded them before Israel. You want God to move in your life, then you gotta move for God. You gotta move for God. Parents, stop letting your children lead your home. Well, they didn't wanna go to church. Well, they don't wanna eat broccoli either. Who cares? Who cares? My son's idea of a nutritious meal is Doritos and soda. That's not acceptable. I don't let him run the household. I don't. I do. And I teach him how to march. He doesn't always like it. But you know, sometimes the best lesson is a little suffering and it produces spiritual growth. So they march all night, they march 20 miles. They show up and the Lord confounds the enemy and he slew them with a great slaughter. It's one against five. It's one against five. Listen to me, Christians, we will always be outnumbered. We will never be outpowered. Let me say that again. We're always gonna be outnumbered. Oh, where's the world going? To hell! But we will never be outpowered. We will never be outpowered. They marched all night long. 
all night long. And, and literally the Lord slaughtered all of them. I love this next text. And they pursued them by the way of the ascent of Beth Horon. These guys are running. They're running. And they struck them as far as Ezekah and Makeda. God just keeps punishing them. Because when you stand up against God, you lose. And it came about as they fled. Listen, as they fled from before, man. They, fr they fled from before Israel. And while they were at the descent of Beth Horon, listen to this. The Lord threw large stones from heaven on them. You know what that means? Some of you today are listening because someone invited you because they know you've been running from God. Let me tell you something, you cannot run from God. You don't believe me? Ask Adonai Zedek, the false Lord. He tried to run from God. When my kids were little, one of our kids was a runner. She always ran. If I said don't, she went. If I said stop, she ran faster. And here's the thing, when I was chasing her down, honestly, I think she thought she had a chance. Her body was literally like to my size. I don't care how fast your legs are moving. Literally, I'm gonna catch you. And oh, by the way, your dad is a marathon runner. I will find you. Some of you, you think you've outran God. Let me tell you something, you just don't know this. One day you will be caught. It says that there were more who died from the hailstones than from those that were killed by Joshua. Listen to that. You don't need to fear warriors. You don't need to be afraid of China, Russia, the Democrats, the Republicans. You need to be afraid of God because he's the one that's gonna catch you. 2 Timothy 4.1 says this. I charge thee before God you don't want to whip out the King James Version here. I charge thee, the old version, right? I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge, listen to this fast people, the quick and the dead. The quick and the dead. And some of you are so mad because everybody's getting away with it. Here's what the King James says. Nobody gets away with it forever. God will catch them. The Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge the quick and the dead at the appearing of his kingdom. Last point, how on earth do I find spiritual strength during political chaos? I know this season's been hard. I know this has been difficult. It's probably been, I don't know if it's been the hardest year of my life, but it's in the top three. It's the top three. It's been difficult. Number four, you gotta trust that God has placed me, you, us. He's placed us here in this time for a reason. I mean, there's two questions really, right, as Christians. Why is 2020 so hard? And why did God make me live through 2020? Neither are an accident. The Lord was not surprised by COVID and the Lord is not surprised by you being here. Look, your parents may not have planned you, but God did. Listen, there are accidental parents, there are no accidental children. You were born in this time for a reason. You ever wonder why God had you born in this time? Why was Joshua's life so hard? Why did Joshua have to go through all these heartaches? Why does Joshua win, lose, you know, go crazy? Why, why, why do all of these things happen to Joshua? Because God has placed Joshua in the midst of the chaotic time because God knows that the only way Joshua can become Joshua is if he goes through a little hell. In Joshua 10, 
12 through 15. This is the greatest moment in Joshua's life. Joshua's one lost. Joshua's had faith. Joshua's failed. Joshua's remembered God. Joshua's forgotten God. And all of a sudden they're in this huge battle and God shows up and God is winning and Joshua doesn't ask for 2020 to be over. Listen to this prayer. He asked that 2020 would be longer, longer because something is happening in him. Something is born in him in the midst of this struggle, in the midst of this pain, Joshua, the, the, the Joshua that God knew, the Joshua that God knew, the Joshua that Josh, Joshua's parents didn't even know came about. And some of you parents, why does my child keep making these mistakes? Maybe it's so that they can become the person God called them to be. Why is my marriage so hard? Maybe so you could learn to really love like God. Why did I lose my job? Why did I lose my business? Maybe for the first time you can trust God with your finances. Joshua 10, 12 through 15, then Joshua spoke to the Lord. Remember, God spoke to Joshua. Now Joshua is speaking to the Lord. You see, Joshua's walked through the fire. Joshua has surrounded the city. Joshua has had faith. Joshua has failed. Then Joshua spoke to the Lord in the middle of a battle. Hailstorm, hailstorm is coming down. People are dying. It's chaotic. They've marched all night. They're completely wiped out. God's doing a miracle. Joshua doesn't say, God, let this battle be over. Joshua says, let this battle go on. Listen to what he says. And Joshua spoke. He spoke to God. And what does he say? Oh, son, stand still. Listen to Joshua's prayer and look at your prayers. You teach your children to bless their cereal? Oh, dear God, please bless this Captain Crunch. Here's the reason so many of us fail to experience God in great ways in our life because we don't ask God to do great things in our life. Joshua says, oh, son, stand still. That's not an ordinary prayer. I can't even get my dog to sit. Joshua looks into the heavens and he tells the sun, stop, stop it, God. Continue the day so that I can fight this battle. Oh, sun, stand still at Gibeon. Oh, moon in the valley of Jean. And listen to what the Bible says. And so the sun stood still, not because Joshua commanded it, but because the Lord heard the prayer of Joshua. And you're like, well, that's impossible. It's impossible for the, the sun to stand still. Listen to me, no more, more, no more impossible than our universe existing. One of the reasons so many scientists are moving away from atheism to believing, and they won't call it a God, but a divine mind, is they're beginning to look at what had to happen perfectly in the Big Bang. Instantaneously in the Big Bang, Big Bang literally thousands upon thousands of things had to go right. And there are impossibilities beyond numerical chance. Why is the sun where it is? Because the Lord in Genesis chapter one told it where to be. So Joshua says, oh Lord, don't take this battle away. Joshua says, let this battle be longer so I can grow in faith. And the sun stood still at Gibeon and the moon in the valley of Ajon. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped until the nation avenged themselves of their enemies. So many of you, you pray to God to take the enemy away when God wants you to pray for the strength to defeat your enemy. 
Some of you pray the wrong prayer. God, take away the cancer. God wants you to stand up and God wants you to face the cancer. Some of you want your marriage healed. God wants you to stand up and have the strength to make it heal. Some of you want your children to become angels. You're like, Lord, you gave me devils. And the Lord's like, I want you to ask for strength to love those devils the way I've loved you. Joshua prayed for the sun and the moon to sit until the nation avenged themselves of their enemies. This next verse is hilarious. It says, is this not written in the book of Jeshar? You know what that means? Google it. Jeshar it. They didn't have Google, they had Jashar. He's saying, look, don't trust us. It's in another book. It's in a pagan book. Other people remember this day. It was so weird. It was so strange. Nothing like it has ever happened. And it says, and the sun stopped in the middle of the sky and it did not hasten to go down for a whole day. And the Bible says, and there was no day like it before it or after it. When the Lord listened to the voice of a man for the Lord fought for Israel. Didn't your Jesus say, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can yell at a mountain to jump in the ocean and it will? Some of you are overwhelmed by your fears because you are underwhelmed by God. And, and not only are you underwhelmed by God, but you are ignorant of the power he's given you. Jesus Christ himself, when he looked at the people who were killing him, he says, you have no power, but that which I have given you. Don't think for a minute that you're killing me. I'm letting you kill me. And he says, you will kill me. And listen, and three days later, he says, I will rise. The same spirit that lived in him lives in you. Greater is he that is in you that is in the world. And some of you don't need to pray that 2020 is over. Say, make it longer, Lord, and make me stronger. You know why so many of you are exasperated? Because your faith has been focused on this suffering ending rather than discovering what this suffering is supposed to produce. So Joshua won and all Israel with him returned to the camp of Gilgal. He went back to normal life. You wanna go back to normal life? Then you gotta learn to grow and figure out what God is calling you to do. And so many of you have looked to the political agencies in this country to change your life when the Holy Spirit wants to change your life today. What if 2020 is simply the way it is so that you can become who you're supposed to be? One of my favorite authors, maybe my favorite author is J.R.R. Tolkien. J.R.R. Tolkien became an adult in the ages of World War I and World War II. A lot of people don't know this, but Winston Churchill called the Nazi regime the Great Shadow. The Great Shadow. And J.R.R. Tolkien writes a fictitious tale of a world called Middle Earth trying to overcome a great shadow a great shadow. In one of my favorite lines in the first book, The Fellowship of the Ring, Frodo, a little hobbit, he just wants life to go back to normal. He wants to drink his beer and sing his songs, right? He just wants to go to concerts again. He wants to go to church again. He wants to go out to the desert again, amen? He wants life to be back to normal. And he says these words. He says, I wish it need not have happened in my time. Said Frodo, listen to what Gandalf the wise wizard said. So do I, said Gandalf. 
and so do all who see such times. He says, but that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do, listen to this, with the time that is given us. You and I do not get to pick the times in which we live. We do get to pick and choose what we do with our time. I want you to think about why 2020 is so hard, why the election is so chaotic. And then I want you to think about what God must know about you and what God must know about me, that he's chosen us together to be in this time. There must be something special about you. There must be something special about me, things that you don't see, things that I don't see, things that we don't understand. But oftentimes God has to bring us to the very end of ourselves for us to discover the beginning of him. In the Old Testament, there was a woman named Esther and her whole people were going to be annihilated unless she spoke to, the, unless she spoke to her king. And in her day and age, women could only speak to the king when called upon. And a man by the name of Mordecai challenged her challenged her to be brave, to stand up for what is right, to stand up for what is true, to risk her life to save her people. And Mordecai says this, one of the most powerful verses in the Bible, Esther 4.13, who knows if perhaps you were made queen, listen to this, for just a time as this. Who knows? Maybe the main moment you were born and your parents held you in their arms that you were born for such a time as this. Not a time to wish it would go away, but a time for you to become who you're called to be. When you read to the New Testament, it says Jesus Christ, listen to this, he came at the perfect time, the perfect time. None of us are born by accident. We were all born at this time. We were born at this time for a reason. And God knows that for you and I to become who he's called us to be, who he made us to be, we have to go through hell on earth so we can be with him in heaven. Trust in God, focus on God. And who knows, this suffering may produce in you literally the gem that God has always seen you to be. And without some rough polishing, right? A diamond is just a dirty rock. But God sees a diamond in you. He sees a diamond in me. Let's stop looking at the world and let's start looking to Jesus. Especially as we approach Christmas. And some are like, well, they took away Christmas. They took away Thanksgiving. They're taking away everything. They can't take away our joy. Because the Bible says, that Jesus overcame darkness. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray in the mighty, powerful name of Jesus that every person that's listening would be convicted and cut to the core of their heart and the core of their soul. And instead of asking for this to go away, let us ask God, who am I supposed to be? Who am I supposed to be in this moment? Who am I supposed to listen to in this moment? Because perhaps, Lord, you have had us born for such 
a time as this. Give us faith. Give us strength. And no matter what the day brings, let us awake every morning, not with trepidation, not with fear, but with the word of the Lord that says, this is the day the Lord has made. And I will rejoice and be glad in it. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. What will you do with the time you have? And how will you make the most of what God has given you? I love the way Pastor Matt ended this message. God is wanting to do something with you. He is still working and we can choose to be part of that. We want to share something else that God is doing here at Sandals Church. Take a look at this video. Hi, my name is Matt Brown. I'm the lead pastor of Sandals Church. Look, our vision is all about being real. And if 2020 has taught us anything, it's that we all need to learn how to be more real with ourselves, with God, and with others. We have an amazing opportunity to partner with a local church in Anaheim, Southern California, that can become a Sandals Church and take this vision of authenticity literally into Orange County. I wanna just introduce to you one of my good friends for over two decades, who's going to be our campus pastor at Sandals Church. Hey everybody, Moe Navarro here, and I'm so excited with my family to be a part of Sandals Church Anaheim and to bring authenticity to the city. Yeah, it's going to be incredible. Look, Moy and Lori Lennon, they're amazing, amazing people, and you don't want to miss out on this opportunity. So if you're anywhere near Anaheim, you want to be a part of this. But today we want to talk about is literally how are we going to pay for all of this? This is an older church, and it needs to be turned around. And literally, this church came to us because they have a heart to reach this community. We are surrounded by schools and young families, but none of them come here, and we want to change that. And you can help us change that. Ultimately, our goal is $900,000, but this upcoming Tuesday, we want to raise a quarter million of that to get us going. And I realize 2020 has been tight, but listen, this is what God wants us to do. Jesus Christ said, I will build my church and the gates of hell, not even COVID will prevail against it. And so we want to do this together. So whether you're a part of Sandals Church, or maybe you're just hearing about Sandals Church for the first time, this community needs authenticity. This community needs opportunity. And we believe we can bring Jesus into this community and bring healing. So join us today right at the link below and pray about what God would have you give. We're so excited about what God is going to be doing through Moy and his wife and just literally Sandals Church Anaheim. It is so exciting to see God is continuing to open up opportunities to reach people with this vision of being real. Go to rogofoundation.com slash giving Tuesday if you would love to be part of this opportunity and help us launch Sandals Church Anaheim. Right now, we would love for you to stick around as we will have some extended time of singing, praising, and worshiping our awesome and loving God. Oh! 
Set a fire. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more so much. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you. Come on, if you want more of God tonight, let's raise our hands. Let's sing this together. Set a fire. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. Come on, if you want more, cry out. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you. I want more of you, God. 
whether we know it or not, it's all that our heart really wants. So with our whole hearts, we praise you, God. Come on, let's sing that again. No place I'd rather be. There's no place I would rather be. There's no place I would rather be. There's no place I would rather be. And here in your love, here in your love, there's no place I would rather be. No place I would rather be. No place I would rather be. I would rather it's just you and Jesus. There's no place I would rather be. There's no place I would rather be. And here in your love, here in your love, there's no place I would rather be. There's no place I would God, you're enough. 
we just lift your hands on his presence? God, we all need you. Father, we all need, we need you. nothing else in this world that fits this space of you. God, would you help us to make room? Help us to make room for you. Father, there's nothing, there's nothing like you. Father, I pray right now in this moment you would you would break things off our lives. Things that don't belong. Things that we struggle with. Things that distract us. Things that get us off path. <laughs> Father, would you help us? Would you come in all of your goodness? Would you draw us closer in to who you are? And Father, as we fix our eyes on you, the things of this earth, they go strangely dim. As we magnify your name, as we magnify who you are. presence, things fall off. Anxiety falls off. Weariness falls out. It comes off right there in your room. The presence of God comes and you feel disabled. Come on. 
Let him disarm you right now. Don't look around. Just look at him. Lift your hands, lift your your hearts, lift your eyes to him. Let him disarm you.
no place I would rather be. There's something about God's people singing together, hearing the word of God together, and then setting out into the world, not wasting the time that God has given us and to be the leaders he's called us to be. I told you, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it and let us be the church. Let's make the most out of this week. We'll see you next time.